0: Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Those who had been scattered preached a word wherever they went. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed the Christ there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the miraculous signs he did, they all paid close attention to what he said. With shrieks, evil spirits came out of many, and many paralytics and cripples were healed. So there was great joy in the city. Now, for some time, a man named Simon had practiced sorcery in the city and amazed all the people of Samaria. He boasted that he was someone great. And all the people, both high and low, gave him their attention and exclaimed, This man is the divine power known as the great power. I mean, they basically thought he was God. They followed him because he had amazed them for a long time with his magic. But when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Simon himself believed and was baptized. And he followed Philip everywhere, astonished by the great signs and miracles he saw. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. And when they arrived, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them. And they received the Holy Spirit. And when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the apostles' hands, he offered them money and said, Give me also this ability so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. And Peter said, May you and your money perish with you because you thought that you could buy the gift of God with money. You have no part or share in this ministry because your heart is not right before God. Repent of this wickedness. And pray to the Lord, perhaps He will forgive you for having such a thought in your heart, for I see that you are full of bitterness and captive or bound to sin. And Simon answered, Pray to the Lord for me, so that, none, so that nothing you have said may happen to me. And when they had testified and proclaimed the word of the Lord, Peter and John returned to Jerusalem preaching the gospel in many Samaritan villages. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this moment that we have tonight. Move in great power. I bind every assignment of the enemy that would try to undermine what you want to bring forth this night. I bind every manifestation of evil tonight in the name of Jesus. And I declare and proclaim that by the end of this message there will be people that will be freed. Because of the truth and the power of your word and the power of the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Is it possible that believers in Christ can be demonized? Now, I I, I chose that word carefully, demonized. Is it possible? Some would say there's no way because light and darkness can't dwell in the same vessel. And Scripture does talk about that. But if somebody was to say... Can a Christian have a demon or can a Christian be demonized? I love what one evangelist said. A Christian can have anything he wants. Jesus came, if you look at your notes. If you don't have notes, you slip your hand up. One of the ushers will bring that to you. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. So we are called to overcome the devil, not be overcome by him. Come on, somebody say, I'm called to overcome the enemy. Yes, you are. You're called to overcome the enemy. Now, I've preached from this text many, many, many times. And as we look at the text, Simon Magus is this well-known sorcerer who could do so many awesome miracles that people basically said that he was someone great, even the divine power or the great power. I mean, they really thought like he was from God, that kind of amazement. Simon Magus fulfilled all the criteria for salvation and if you if you look at this text you'll see that he believed in Jesus look at verse 9 for some time this man Simon who practiced sorcery right they saw that they thought he was a great power verse 11 They followed him because he amazed them for a long time with his magic. But look at verse 12. When they believed Philip, as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, were all baptized, both men and women. Simon, verse 13, himself believed. He did what? He believed. What did he believe? Not just like, I believe in God. He believed the message of the kingdom, the message of Christ and him crucified. He believed that Jesus died on the cross for his sins. He asked him to come into his heart. He repented. He received Jesus. Yeah, that's what that says. So Simon believed in Jesus. Not only that, but the text goes on to say that Simon was also baptized in water. Not only that, but he followed Philip everywhere. Now, really, if you think about it, we tell people, hey, you got it. You must be born again. You must be saved. You've got to receive Jesus, right? Well, don't just stop there. You've got to be baptized too. We had, we had a local church. They don't have a baptismal tank. They called me and said, Pastor, can we use your tank? I said, we're happy to let you use it. So they came in about 4.15, had 11 people to baptize, and they got in our tank. Unbeknownst to me, the heat wasn't turned on. The water is about 40 degrees. Now, I will tell you that I have baptized more people in 40-degree water. Coming from Kauai, it was quite a shocker when we first got here. It hurts so badly, your knees and everything. I mean, some of you people think the Holy Spirit's just coming on, folks, but they're just freezing cold when they're getting in the tank. That's what it is. You think, my God, the power of God. They're like, oh, God. No, it's cold. <laughs> so the brother had to stand in there and baptize 11 people. All right, now that takes a little while. So I, 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 he said, we're here. Thank you for letting us use the tank. So I texted him back. Praise God. How did it go? Was it warm? And he sends back a text, are you kidding me? I'm still walking like a penguin. <laughs> <laughs> but baptism, baptism. Now, if you're not baptized, that doesn't mean you don't have salvation, but it is a commandment. It's a command. Be baptized. You've got to be baptized. Well, Philip baptized Simon. So Simon believed in Jesus. He was baptized in water. And what else did he do? He was in fellowship. Now, I know some people that aren't in fellowship. They say, well, I just, I just love Jesus, but I'm going to stay at home. There's something wrong with somebody's salvation. I'm telling you, if they don't want to have fellowship with other believers. They're probably wounded. They're scared. They've, maybe they've been hurt. Things have happened. But, but there is fellowship that, if, according to 1 John, our fellowship is one with another as well as with the Father. The picture is that you can't have a full fellowship with God without your brethren. In other words, we need each other. Amen. Amen. Did you catch that? So being a part of a local church and being committed is, is important. Simon, he was doing it. He was hanging with the evangelist. Now something was wrong with Simon Magus. You see your notes. Something was wrong. Everybody say it. Something was wrong with Simon Magus. He attempts to buy the gift of the Holy Spirit. He offers the money. And the apostle Peter condemns him and his money to hell, is what he says. You and your money go to hell, is basically what he said. Simon Magus' problem is revealed right there in the text. His heart was not right before God. King James, I like it, it says that he was in the gall of bitterness and bound or chained in unrighteousness. Let me return to that question. Can a, can a, can a Christian have a, be demonized? And really the question is, can a Christian sin? Now you answer that question. Can a Christian sin? Yeah. Let me read you some verses of Scripture. 1 John 3, 8. The one who does what is sinful is of the devil because the devil has been sitting from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. 1 John five eighteen, And we know that anyone born of God does not continue to sin. The one who is born of God keeps him safe. And the evil one cannot touch harm them. We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. We know also that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true by being in His Son, Jesus Christ. He is the true God in eternal life. Dear children, keep yourselves from idols. So can a Christian have idols? Yes. Yes. Look at Ephesians 4:26. In your anger, do not sin and do not, do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and give the devil a foothold. Hold the phone, Batman. Is he writing to a bunch of people that don't know Jesus? The book of Ephesians is written to the church of Ephesus and he's saying, Don't get angry and let the sun go down on your anger and give the foothold to the devil. Now let me just ask you this question. If you let the sun go, if you let anger brood, can you get a foothold to the devil? Yes. Can a Christian have a foot can the devil have a foothold in a Christian's life? Yes. That's what he's saying. Wow. Hebrews 12:5. See to it that no one fall He's writing to believers. See to it that no one falls short of the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. John 14:30 I will not say much more to you for the prince of this world is coming he has no hold on me. Jesus said the prince of this world talking of Satan has no hold on me. Now what's fascinating about that is it alludes to a truth that the prince of this world the evil one the father of lies can have a hold on someone. Like Simon, who believed in Jesus, that he died on a cross and rose again from the grave, who was indeed baptized in water, not sprinkled, full submersion. Not only that, but he was also in church. He was in fellowship with the evangelist. Wow! Are you saying that tonight there could be somebody? Let's look at the next scripture. The Christian and the devil. See Roman numeral four. Satan is a squatter. Everybody say that. Satan is a, a squatter. Do you know what a squatter is? I, I lived in Manhattan for, uh, for a period of time, and, the how, and some of the buildings back then, especially on the Lower East Side, they've renovated lots of it, but the, there were buildings that were condemned. And uh, if you go to Philly, you see the same thing. Buildings have five-story buildings that are all bricked up and they're waiting to be demoed, but they get everybody out Everybody's moved out. It's a condemned building and they brick up all the windows and all the doors So when you look at it, it's just bricked up with cinder blocks and you can't get in they mortared the thing shut and eventually they'll come with a big old wrecking ball and they'll Bring the ball into the building or they'll blow it up and they will drop it and they clean it up and they build a new one okay now in New York, in Philly, in major cities around the world, in Alaska too. There are people that are looking for housing so what they do is they take a sledgehammer and they bust in one of the cinder-blocked windows. They crawl in, clean the room out and they live there rent-free. They're called squatters. Satan is a squatter. To Jesus casting out do you all understand that? He has to have a host. They have a thing in Hawaii. We call it uku's. Does anybody know what uku's is? Lice. They stay away from me. I, have, I am lice free. Thank you, Jesus. But it can be an epidemic. Now, lice have to have a host to live. They have to have hair to put their little eggs on. And they breed in there. Some of you are like people starting to scratch their head all over the place. Lice are parasites; they're squatters. They have to have a host. It's the exact Satan is like lice. All right, Jesus casting out demons and healing the sick were both ways of destroying the works of the devil. You see, we have a fallen human nature, people. You have a fallen human nature. Thanks to Adam and Eve, we have a nature that's fallen. You're going to battle it the rest of your life. Your fallen human nature, I've described it this way, when you're walking along and you see some beautiful lush grass and there's a sign that says, don't touch the grass. So here you are, you're walking along, here's the grass, there's the sign. Your fallen human nature wants to do this. your flesh, your fallen human nature. Everybody here has it. You're you're all going to have to deal with your flesh. Everybody has to deal with their flesh. You say, no, I'm I'm over that. No, you're not. You'll be over it when it's over. And defilement leads to demonization. Now, I'm using the word specifically demonization because I'm not using the word demon-possessed. Okay? I'm not using that word. I'm using... The phrase demonization. What is that? It's being bound by demon power. Now, that can come in many different ways. I'm going to talk about just about all of them that I know of tonight. Why? Because if there's anything that's afflicting you, we're going to get rid of it. It doesn't have to be all messy. And we're not passing out any paper bags tonight. But if you've come in here and you need to be free, I'm going to tell you something. Church should be that way. It's not some seeker-friendly thing where we just hope everything's going to be okay with a one-hour dry-cleaning service and go home. I'm going to tell you that Alaska, it needs to be delivered. We have a whole generation of kids that need to be delivered. We have a bunch of believers, people that love Jesus, that are bound. They're defiled. There's more men that are believers that are hooked on, por- on pornography. You, you wouldn't even believe the statistics. Wow. The works of the devil were destroyed. Jesus did it by casting out devils and healing the sick. There's both ways. We have a fall on human nature. Defilement. Everybody say defilement. It leads to demonization. Maybe you were on the internet and all of a sudden you saw an image and it just felt like, oh, you just felt like you just got sick over it and then that image just keeps coming back to your mind. You've been defiled. Now defilement's a whole message. Dr. Morocco, our senior pastor, my spiritual father, he wrote a book on it called Defiled. And I'd encourage you to read it. I think we're all out of copies, but I'll get some more. You have to understand what defilement is. You have to understand that you can be affected by seeing evil, by going through trauma. Bad company corrupts good character. What are you saying? It can, defilement can come through relationships. Have you ever noticed if you hang out with somebody who's got a foul mouth? I mean, this is not, I don't have this problem now, praise the Lord. But I remember before I got saved, I didn't have a very good mouth anyway. But then I would hang out with people that were really foul-mouthed, and all of a sudden, my, my cursor got cranked up to like 10 from 5. And all of a sudden, I'm just cursing all the time. Pastor cursing? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't born in a Christian family. Were you? All right, some of you born in a Christian family, you still curse. What's your problem? All right. You kiss your mama with that mouth? Let's move on. You know, the bitterness and sweetness should not come out of the same mouth. Talking about defilement can, defilement can lead to demonization. Demonization is, is, look, whether a demon is sitting on your head or he's got a ball and chain around your ankle, I don't know how it all works. And the truth is, I really don't. I don't understand or have a revelation of spiritual, spatial realities. I don't know exactly how it works. I just know I don't want any of it in my life. And as far as I stand before you, I don't have any that I'm aware of. Listen, that that is a godly thing to say. You ought to say the same thing. If you have bondage, many people are so bound, but they just think of it as part of their personality they've had they 've had to battle the things so long they just think, well that's just a weirdness that I have. Oh no, oh no now if you 've got anything in your life, if you 're demonized in any way as a believer or an unbeliever we 've got people online you don 't have to tolerate that you don't have to have a life filled with anxiety you don't have to have a life that's filled with defilement and do you know perversion doesn't need to live in your head. Hello. So when you get defiled through pictures or images or through trauma or vicariously, you can get defiled. You can get defiled by spending time with certain people. Bad company corrupts good character. You can be defiled in many, many, many different ways. Music, we'll talk about it here in a little bit. You get defiled, it can end up to becoming demonized or bound by the enemy. Deliverance, look at F. Deliverance for overcoming an evil spirit is, pardon me. Look at E. Demonization is bondage. Okay. To define demonization, it's just bondage. It's like somebody puts handcuffs on you. You're bound. How many of you, you know what I had to do when I was a kid? We had a we had this newspaper machine that you would make logs out of newspaper. Has anybody seen that? You put the newspaper in and you roll it like this. Has anybody ever seen one of those things? It's an antique deal now. And it would make this log and then you'd put twine around it. So my, my, my mother would say, son, I want you to bind up the newspapers, make them into logs. And so I'd do this thing, feed the newspaper in and tie to tw- bound. That's what that is. How many of you don't raise your hand? How many of you want to be bound by the enemy? Nobody. I don't think anybody knowingly wants to be bound up by the enemy. Okay. Deliverance for overcoming an evil spirit is what God brings to those who are open to it. All right. How Satan brings bondage. How Satan Brings Bondage. Fill your notes in as we move along. How does that happen? How is it that Satan brings bondage in the life of a believer? How is it that Satan brings bondage in the life of an unbeliever? How is it that Satan brings bondage? I want you to understand it. Now, the whole remaining portion of this, at least this section, comes from uh, from a book that Dr. Morocco wrote called You Can Be a Winner in the Invisible War. And I want you to imagine with me, please... A house with two large rooms. In each room, there's a number of smaller rooms having doors in those smaller rooms. Do you understand? A house, two rooms within each room, there's smaller rooms with doors. The first door is called the door of attraction. Everybody say the door door of attraction. How does Satan bind people? The door of attraction, like attracts like. The first, the first door is, is the door of attraction through thoughts. Everybody say thoughts. Right? Number one is thoughts. If you allow yourself to constantly think on evil things, you're setting yourself up to be bound like a set of newspapers from the devil. Come on, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are holy, whatsoever things are noble, admirable, praiseworthy, think on these things. Why? Because you're the redeemed of the Lord. He loves you and He washed you and He cleansed you. But if you allow your mind to meditate on evil, you can end up getting bound. Look, you you are you are spirit with a body, not a body with the spirit. You are supposed to learn. We are supposed to learn to live from our spirit. Not your mind is what needs to be renewed. Romans twelve. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you have thoughts in there that are contrary to the Word of God, it brings it brings a, a it can bring bondage. Has anybody struggled with depression? Alaska, probably half of us. Okay, you have to you have to drive yourself out of that thing. You can't constantly think. You ever you ever notice when you keep staring at your physique, you seem to get fatter? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, I was saying I was looking in, looking at myself in the mirror not that long ago, and I was like, I'm not, that, I'm not. You know, I gained a bunch of weight back. I lost a bunch of weight, gained a bunch of weight. And I'm thinking I'm doing okay, and then I went like this. I'm like, oh, I, you know, some of y'all need to turn sideways in the Spirit. Look at two, I need. Everybody say, I need. If there's a constant declaration with you in your heart that you're saying, I, I need this, and I, you're not thankful for what you have, but you're constantly expressing a need that you have to have, that you don't have, and that God hasn't provided, you can end up being bound. The crazy door. If you act crazy to try to get your way or do certain things, if you continually allow yourself to act crazy, you can end up crazy. The door of rebellion. Now watch this. Hopefully I have all the youth's attention. The door of rebellion. Saul rebelled against the word of the Lord from from Samuel. And yielded to the opinions of people. And and Samuel said to him, rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Now, what that is as, the sin of witchcraft, means this. Rebellion is witchcraft. That's what he's saying. Wow. In your family, parents, listen to me. You need to discipline and love your children. You need to love and discipline. And if you do not love and discipline your kids, you will set them up to be bound by the enemy. I've told many, many stories about this. I'll just tell one again because I know you like stories. I was in Northern California. We were, God was really moving. There was a family that came for prayer. In the background was their 15-year-old son sitting down behind the family in a pew. The family came to the front. They were crying. We need help. Our son beats, beats his mother up on a regular basis, and we we're all terrified. I looked at the kid, and he's just kind of got this crazy red-eyed, crazy look. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to talk to you all after. I prayed for the rest of the people, came back, sat down, counseled with them. And they began to tell me that if we try to control him, he, he played this one particular video game. A video game. If they tried to take the video game from him, he went in a fit of rage and would, would get violent. As I'm talking to this family, the 15-year-old walks by and punches his mother in the arm. Now, I can't tell you, but I wasn't always a pastor, and I certainly wasn't always saved. When I saw this 15-year-old punch his mother, something happened on the inside of me. And I wasn't too worried about getting in trouble. In fact, I just lost all composure I grabbed this boy by his little Ralph Lauren jacket and jacked him off his feet lifted him I was a lot bigger a lot stronger back then about your size All right I lifted him up with his little on his toes And I said don't you ever in your life do that again Sit down and don't move or you're gonna deal with me kid you understand (laughs) He sat down he never moved He became this dictator. He was filled with rebellion and his parents allowed it. Don't you allow your kids. Don't you allow your kids to be rebellious. Don't you do. You gotta love them, but you have to clearly put boundaries. And if you don't put boundaries, you're setting yourself up to have a prison ministry. You're setting yourself up to have kids that are bound. To have kids that are bound. My, my, uh, I won't tell you which one of my kids One of my kids Said I hate you Once One time in my house One of my kids Said to their mother I hate you It was never said again You know why? That's devil talk And you ain't ever going to do it And there's going to be very clear loving consequences On the, on the hind end of your understanding And it never happened again. That's just... that's that, 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 that's Come on. Come on, somebody. Rebellion. Watch out. The sin door. Now, watch this. We're talking about the door of attraction. In, within that room, there's a sin door. What are you talking about? If we confess our sins to Him, love this scripture, first John 1, 9. If we confess our sins to Him, He's what? He's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What happens if you don't confess your sin? You stay in the world of being unrighteous. You're not made righteous. You're a target. Put a big red dot, the bullseye, on your chest and wait for impact. Unconfessed sin. Corey Ten Boom. Have you heard of her? I could I could tell of all of these things. I could tell you endless stories. I want to be sensitive to your time. I'm just going to go for another 15 minutes or so and we'll be done. Corey Ten Boom, great woman of God, wrote The Hiding Place and. It's powerfully used by the Lord in evangelism in this country as well as in Europe, she told of this uh, this boy whose name was Jan, and how they were constantly casting the devil and breaking bondage off of this kid, but it would constantly come back. Finally, they discovered that Jan just this boy didn't confess his sin he wasn't repentant he didn't like being pressed down in his bed and hearing voices. However, he wasn't repentant. He, he continued to go back to the sin. Now, you don't have this next one on your, on your notes, but you should write it down, the trauma door. Trauma. Trauma. When somebody goes through trauma, they go through a car accident, they, go, they see something that's horrible, it can open the door to the enemy. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. You've seen some horrible things. I've got a, uh, a friend of mine who witnessed uh, the slaying of her parents. Rector, but she's markedly healed since then. But it was a trauma that opened up the violent images for for many, many, many years. I remember as a, I was a, going through my, my schooling and I was studying. I was working for a computer a computer company a sales store, and I was uh, I'm a soul winner. I have been since I got saved. I love winning souls. One of my favorite things to do. I, I dig it. It's cool. And I mean, what greater thing could you do? You pray with somebody in 15 seconds, bring them out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his son. Come on, how many? That's awesome. It's the greatest miracle there is, really. And so I was in the back studying, and uh, in the back taking a break and studying some of my classes to get ready for the ministry. And the, and the owner came in and said, Hey, hey, Daniel, 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 there's this guy. He's come in before. He's really weird. He has this whole company where he heals through these two spirits that come. And he's in a channeler. He channels the dead and stuff. And, 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 and why did you go witness to him? I thought, woo Awesome! So I went out front to talk to him. And uh, he was he had a lot of hitchhikers. Let me just say that. And as I talked to him, he began to tell me that he's in healing. I said, oh really, me too. He said, oh you are? I said, yeah, yeah, we heal the sick. He said, oh wow, great. I said, well how, how do you do that? He says, well I have these two, these two spirit guides, And he named them. I said, oh, now I had just been through Doris Wagner's school of deliverance. Doris and Peter Wagner, some of you know who that is. And, and uh, so I just went right for that. I said, so tell me, when did these two spirits first show up in your life? He said, that's a very interesting question. I said, yeah, because what I was looking for was what is called an entry point. Okay? And, and he said to me, well, that's interesting. Nobody's really asked me that question before, but I'll tell you when. I was in California. I was about 10 years old, and uh, we were in a car crash, and my whole family was killed in the accident. I was thrown from the car. When I came to, I was on the double yellow line, and I sat up, and these two spirits came towards me, and they've been with me ever since. Trauma. Trauma can open the door to the enemy to becoming demonized. You say, well, what is the situation if that happens with you? You get prayer and you get healing and you talk about it. Sometimes there's grief counseling you gotta go through. Some of you have been through some stuff that you've never talked about it and somebody just patted you on the back or you went to the priest and you said five Hail Marys or something like they did in my family and said, oh, well, that's it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. I'm going to tell you something. You've been through heavy-duty trauma. You need to work some of that stuff out. You need to talk about what you felt like, the fear that you went through. Some of you have been through things in your home that are unspeakable. I just went over your head. I went over the head of Some. Those unspeakable things need to be spoken. And if you don't speak them out and talk about it, you'll end up in handcuffs the rest of your life. You need to talk about the injustice. Talk about the being a victim. Talk about the different things that happened. He said, well, we were told never to talk about it. Well, get news. got news for you. That's a vow you need to break. You need to talk about some stuff. Come on, somebody. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Trauma door. Let's look at the next thing, the door of invitation." Basically, through invitation, you can invite the enemy to come into your life. Listen up now. Door of invitation, the occult door. If you played and messed with Ouija boards, you, you hung around and called psychic hotlines and did all kinds of weird stuff like that, it can open up the door for the enemy to move into your life. Now look, I remember hearing a message like this when I was, you know, being raised up in the church and I thought, I've got some issues because every one of these things, I've done all of them. I want to leave right now. I mean, there was like a check box for all the stuff that you might have done. I checked every one. I had to check every box so if you're only if you're only like shooting fifty fifty right now, you all know, just praise the Lord. I had everybody to check every box. I mean I'd hello mean, you're like trying to be all composed. This is a lovely message.' This is a lovely message. This is a... Come on, look at your neighbor next to you. Alright, if they got red eyes, just lay hands on them. I'm teasing. I'm kidding you. I'm kidding. Look at your neighbor and say, Woo, praise the Lord, I'm learning something tonight. Alright. The door of invitation, the occult door. You mess with the occultic, occultic stuff, you're gonna end up bound. Alright? Good. The next door, the music door. Mmm. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. When we worship Him, He inhabits the praises of His people. We invited Him by singing, singing and worshiping songs. I love to worship. Did you know that when you sing stuff that's not dedicated to the Lord, when you sing things that can actually be dedicated to the enemy, that you can end up basically being a Satan worshiper? I know you don't like that, but it's true. Come on, you live in the, listen to 50 Cent. Think it's all slick and cool? Got great rhythms? Yeah, it's got great rhythms. And and very possibly rhythms that come from the pit. If you read Isaiah 14 and you read uh, Ezekiel, is it 27, is it? You read about Satan. They, it talks about who he was, that he was... He had these pipes built into him that talk basically about Satan as a worship leader, an archangel in heaven, that he was a worship leader. And when he said in his heart, I will ascend to the sides of the north, in that same thought, he was cast down out of heaven. Pride rose in his heart and said, I'll become like the Most High. The theologians basically believe that Satan was a worship leader, that within him he had pipes and timbrels, says the King James Satan uses music. Music is the language of the soul, ladies and gentlemen. And when you fill your head with stuff that's not from God, it can end up causing you to be bound by your own invitation. By your own invitation. Well, music's not dangerous to listen to. That's because you're stupid. I'm trying to educate you right now. 've I've, I've done I, listen I've done surveys just as a pastor just on my own I've seen youth it's frequently youth I've seen youth that have sour attitudes they're 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 angry most of the time their countenance is dark they come to church because mom and dad make them and so they should you make them go to school you ought to make them come is. Just turn me up a little bit. (laughs) Must be a good message. Hallelujah. A little bit more. Thank you, Jesus. I don't really care whether we're eloquent. I don't really care whether it comes off smooth. I'm just looking for a result tonight. Turn me up a little bit more, especially in the monitor. I want to hear myself just a little bit music. I've done surveys and I've walked up to youth who have headphones in. I've done this for years. For years. They've got headphones in. They're sour. They're bitter. They're angry. They're they're in church and they're listening to headphones. they got the hoodie on. You know what I'm talking about? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? And I walk up to them and I say, hey man, what's up? They're like, nothing. I'm like, great. What you listening to? And just because I can. I pull the little earbud out of their ear. Can I check it out? And they're like, panic. 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 They're looking for the stop button on their iPod. You know what I mean? Ah, 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 ah. I go, no, 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 no. No, it's okay. I stick it in my ear and it's just filled with cursing, gangster rap, angry stuff. And you wonder why you're just, why you're angry all the time. You're filling yourself with music that's attracting and drawing demon power and will bind you. You want to be free? You got to cut that stuff out. And they go, like, oh, I just like the rhythm. Music door. The third way to invite demons is through the eye gate. Fascinating story. Eye gate. Everybody say the eye gate. I'm trying to remember the... I think it was Corey Tenboom again. I read it in a book, but I, I might be mistaken, but the, the principle still applies. Lady came to the front to get prayer. She was a Sunday school teacher. They went to pray over, uh, went to pray over her, and this voice came out of her and said, Don't touch me. (laughs) My goodness, your voice has changed. And the minister said, What are you, what are you doing in there? He said, well, I, I came in when she went to an adult movie. The, 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 the voice told her, I came in when she went to an adult movie. The minister said to the lady, you've been going to adult movies? And the lady said some excuse to try to make something. She She "Just stop your excuse. Just repent right now. Repent. And broke that thing off her. Look, your eye gate, what you look at. Be careful, little children, what you hear. Be careful, little children, what you see. For the Father up above is... I am a pea. I am a... Oh, God. <laughs> your eye gate, you got to watch what you're looking at. Recently, just a, just a week and a half ago, the Lord said, "Print out seven copies of the Ten Commandments and put them all over your house. Put them before your eyes and read it regularly." Now, that, now look, I, I've been serving God alone. I don't have sin. I don't have known sin in my life. I don't live like that. God's telling me, "Put it before your eyes. Put it before your kids' eyes, and I'm going to release a blessing to you." I've been doing that. You know what? I just believe. I believe that God's releasing a blessing because of what I'm putting before my eyes. What are you putting before your eyes? Some of you watching stuff on TV and you you say in your mind, well, it's just a few curse words, I ain't all that big a deal. Lord knows my heart, I'm just going to watch it, it'll be, it'll be all right. Some of you have got a problem with the internet, unplug it. If you can't handle cable TV because you're constantly letting the cesspool of the world get pumped into your house, turn it off. Eye gate, you can end up getting bound through your eye gate. The drug door. (laughs) Number four, the drug door. The Greek is pharmakia. I had this guy say to me, you know, I was reading in the book of Genesis, and it says that every green herb is given for me and for whatever I want to do. I said, that's great, you jerk. Why don't you smoke poison sumac or something and try that? Try smoking poison ivy. See what kind of a rush that gives you. No, don't do not do that. Listen, I, I have to cover this. Some of you might think that I just gave you a great idea for altering your consciousness. You smoke poison ivy, you will die. Your lungs will be filled with poison ivy, and you will soon be dead. Don't smoke or poison sumac. You don't understand that drugs have been used for eons, basically, of, to, to alter people's consciousness so that they could have spiritual experience. Peyote, mushrooms. And when you when you <laughs> tobacco, <laughs> when you use drugs to alter your consciousness, you're you're opening yourself up to be demonized. Say, so what about pain meds? I think you need to be very careful. Praise God for pain medication. Praise God for pain medication when you have a critical, a back problem that needs to have pain management. It's wonderful. But you need to be careful that you don't get addicted to hydrocodone. You need to be careful you don't get addicted to that stuff. Because it can open a door. And you have to keep your heart right before God as you, as you take it as it's prescribed. Look, and, and you have to know yourself. Look, my wife, she needs a half dose of whatever they prescribe her, they're wrong. No, no, she did a quarter dose. Isn't that right, Karen? Amen. She's taking care of my boy who's being healed tonight. He's got a fever. My wife, if they say, look, you just take one of these every four hours for pain, she takes one she's looped. No, she takes half if she has to take it, which is nearly never. We do all kinds of uh, essential oil dips, turnip rubs and garlic and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Love you, honey. Praise the Lord. All right. Hang in there, Danny. Praise God. <laughs> we just don't. We just don't take. I'm, I mean, I just don't take drugs for anything, if I can help it. I just recently took. I just recently took cough some Theraflu. I had the flu. I couldn't sleep at night. I mean, even when I propped myself up, I couldn't sleep. Does anybody know what that's like? You don't get a rest. It's not good. Now, I prayed. I had the I had to. You know the the. the essential oil rubbed on my glands i garlic yeah I, I just all kinds of ginger tea whatever you know i all kinds of things of the natural herbal remedies we do all of that stuff we're into it and it's awesome praise god but it wasn't working so there i am coughing i can't sleep i'm not getting better i'm getting worse so i took some theraflu i took theraflu the first night it was like i got delivered I mean, I got some rest, but at the same time, I was just kind of like, loopy. Took it again the next night. Here's the way it is for me. Came to the third night, my cough's not nearly what it was. I've been getting rest. It come, my wife doesn't even know this, but it's okay because this has happened before. I'm a, I I I'm gonna take another thing of Theraflu. But really, very possibly by faith I'm going sleep that night, but I'm scared that I won't because i got a big day the next day. So there I am. I'm looking at the Theraflu. I'm thinking, just take another one, and you just knock yourself out and have another good rest. And, the, and I just felt like the Lord said, no, you're going to sleep tonight. You don't need that. Now, in that moment, in that moment, I could have gone, yeah, but, you know, this will make me sleep better. Listen, I know this game because I came out of that whole world. So guess what I did? I said, praise the Lord. I slept that night and I didn't have to dose myself with Theraflu. Man, some of you Jones over Listerine. You have to watch out for the drug door. Amen. If you're If you're hooked on drugs, you can be free. Come on, somebody. All right. The door of passivity. I've got to hurry. There goes my 15 minutes. A few more minutes. We're done. The door of passivity. Blanking your mind. Eastern meditation. All of those things can open yourself up to be, become demonized. Listen, meditation for a believer is a great thing, but it's not blanking your mind. It's meditating on the goodness of God. It's, it's, it's meditating on Scripture. It's renewing your mind. It's stilling, being still knowing that He's God. It's not blanking your mind. So I've done that too. Hang in there. You can be set free. Look at Roman numeral 6. Be set free. How do you be set free? Well, it's right there in the chapter 8 of Acts, verse 22. Repent! Repent! Repent of sin! Everybody say repent! Repent! Come on, say it like you mean it. One, two, three. Repent! And hold it like an operatic voice. Are you ready? One, two, three. Oh, they're demonized. Give me a break. Jesus never did that. He never did that. He never said, oh, wait a minute, everybody. They have a demon. (laughs) Oh, let's call on the name of the Lord. Look, it doesn't have to be like that. Devil. Devil! It doesn't have to be like that. And you can whisper, I command you to come out in Jesus' name. Well, repentance is the first thing. If you realize that you've opened yourself up tonight, you might be realizing, oh, we might, Houston, we might have a problem. Then what do you do? Repent. You ask God to forgive you. You ask God to forgive you for messing with the occult. Ask God to forgive you for listening to stuff that's, that's defiled. Ask God to forgive you for looking at stuff on the internet. Ask God to forgive you for taking too much Theraflu. Ask God to forgive you for where you stepped out and where you did things that were out of order, out of line, and you possibly, very possibly, opened the door and allowed yourself to potentially be demonized. Now look, I've heard messages like this. I'm examining my heart right now. Were you trying to say that about Theraflu the night before? Examine your heart. We all have sinned in full and fallen short. And when you hear a message like this, don't just say, that must be for S- Sister Susie Q, because I'm all good. Have you done any of that stuff? Have you been subject to it? Let me go another level deeper. How about your mom and dad? Did you ever repent for that, for what they did? Oh, I, again, identificational repentance. Parents, have you allowed your kids to just be wild in rebellion? You're going to be held accountable for that, Bubba. Brethren, brother and sister, if you don't treat train your parent your kids right, you're going to be accountable for that. And you can you can have a kid that, that is like a demon. I've had people say, "You're so lucky." Your kids just are so well behaved. Are you kidding me right now? Are you kidding me? Lucky. Lucky, it's a whole lot of effort. And not now my kids have gotten older, but I mean, there's been training. They're still training. Come on, you're you're being trained. Come on, the Lord training you. Those whom the Lord loves, He rebukes, right? Anybody been rebuked lately? It's a sign of sonship. All right, repent. Humble yourself. How many repent you? Humble yourself. Everybody say, humble yourself. Quit making excuses. Quit explaining it away. Well, Lord knows my heart. Yeah, deceitfully wicked above all else, Jeremiah. Humble yourself. Quit making excuses. Stop. Humble yourself. Secondly, expose evil. Do what? Expose evil. Expose it. Pull the covers back off that thing and show it for what it is. I've told this story. The cell group leader, life group leader, had a major anger problem. Had His life group was growing. People were coming. This is not our church. It's a guest guy that came and told the story. Because we don't have anybody in this house that has an anger problem. I know. I'm sure. Because we're Christians. So nobody here has a lust problem either. Certainly no We're all saved, aren't we? Okay. This guy was leading a life group and he had a life group as I don't know, ten or fifteen people. God was moving, it was great. He had all these pictures hung in unusual patterns on the wall, and he made it all artistic and nice. And the Lord spoke to him about the anger problem that he had. He said, Son, next time your life group's over, I want you to expose your anger problem, pull all the pictures off the wall. He said, Oh Lord. Because behind the wall were fist marks from where he punched holes in the wall. I would like to say that if you punch holes in the wall because you're angry at your wife or angry at your husband or angry at your kids, let me say this. You won't like it. It is domestic violence. Why? Because what you're really doing is you're saying, I'd like to punch your face, but I happen to punch the wall right now. And you're trying to control the whole thing. I'm preaching better than your amen. And you're trying to control the whole thing through your fit of rage and anger. Well, that was a good word. Anyway, he peels the takes the pictures off, shows everybody in his life group, all the holes in the wall, to expose his anger problem. His life group was cut in half. Half the people came back. The other people never came back. But he got free of his anger. If you have a problem, expose it. Embarrass it. Just, you gotta get a hold of somebody that you can expose it to. You don't wanna do it to Sister Bucket Mouth and Brother Backstabber. You wanna find somebody who's a person of character, a person of integrity, who you confess your faults one to another, pray for one another, then you may be healed. The book of James talks about that. And get it out. Get it out. It's like a boil. Boils need to be lanced. You don't lance it, it continues to fester. The enemy operates in darkness. Ephesians 5 says that which the spirit makes li- brings to light, he makes light. When you expose something, you bring it to, to the Lord and you confess to somebody and you confess it to the Lord, it allows for God to deal with that thing. And it, it begins to remove it and embarrass it. You get rid of it, expose the evil. The third thing is renounce it. Fill in the notes, do what? Renounce. Now some of you don't know what that word means, so i got some definitions. Renounce means to formally give up a claim, title, position, or right to renounce means to reject or disavow a belief or theory renounce means to give up a habit a pursuit or a practice you need to renounce it you cut it off you get it out of your life you do that verbally and through action number four ask god to free you and forgive you ask god to free you and forgive you michael would you come please be prayed for. Everybody say, be prayed for. Now, in conclusion, after all of that, you got to stay free. How do you stay free? Be self-disciplined. If you can't handle the internet, turn it off. If you get drawn into hanging around with people that are constantly defiling you, don't hang around with them. I used to love going to the gym to work out. But at the gym, they always played this music that I... Most music I can put through what I call my filter and make it Christian. So as the music's playing, I can change it and begin to put Jesus' lyrics in it. So that I'm not hearing some flesh fest... Lust thing that starts going through my mind. I mean I don't know about you but I wake up singing, I wake up worshiping that's just I just worship and music that is I mean it, it is to me it's I I don't know God wired me up that way. I know not everybody's wired up that way, but I I was reading some report cards from kindergarten and it says, Danny can't stop singing. <laughs> I thought, kindergarten I couldn't stop me from singing. But there came a point where I, I just, you know, I just felt like, I'm, you know, my gym membership's up. I don't need to be hearing that anymore. I don't need to be seeing all this flesh stuff. I don't need that. So I'm not doing it. I'm gonna save my money. I'm not doing that. But some of you need to say, "I'm not doing that." You cut off the, and look, if you can go to the gym and it's great, it's great. I'm not, I'm not you know, you obey God. Don't, you know, I'm not telling you what to do. You're okay with watching TV, and you can, you can keep yourself from being defiled through the television. There's some great programs. The History Channel. I mean, there's lots of great stuff on TV. There's a lot of filth, too. And honestly, the reason we got rid of I got rid of our cable, and the reason we got rid of cable wasn't because we were watching filth, although I noticed it's sort of like a slow boil. You can sort of start compromising a little bit. It's because it was robbing family time We end up watching more TV Than instead of reading the word Or playing a game together Or talking together So you gotta, you want to stay free We're going to pray for people tonight How do you stay free? Be self-disciplined Stop it Take your right hand with exceeding force And hit yourself upside the head Stop it Stop the occultic stuff Don't call 1-800-IDIOT You need a word? Come talk to me I'll give you one Really, I'll seek God. People say, hey, Pastor, I need a word about this situation. I'll fast and pray and get a word from God. As far as the Lord is speaking through me to give it to you, I'll give it to you. Praise God. And then his sheep know and hear his voice, so you ought to hear his voice. You don't need to call 1-800-IDIOT. Soap operas are defiling. Harlequin romance books. I have counseled people who've read Harlequin romance books over and over and over, and they know, they know for sure that their husband's cheating on them. And really what it is, fabricated it in their mind because they've been defiled by all the romance and the drama of the world. that gets whipped up in some of these books and these TV shows. And before you know it, they're accused of the guy for eight months, and finally he says this... Finally he says after eight to ten months of being harassed by his wife about how he's cheating on her, he finally says, Well, we don't have any intimacy anyway. She already thinks I did it. Whatever, man and he finally goes and does it. And really what it was was she and and I've seen it the other way too, although it's different. She ended up fabricating this thing, demanding that's what was happening. Over a period of time, he finally got wounded, got bitter, got hurt. He ended up getting defiled too. Finally shut his heart down towards his wife and ended up committing adultery. And she's the one that planted the seed and almost, he had a choice. I understand that. Do you understand? Are you following me? The enemy is a bad enemy. Bad devil. Wants to bind you. Wants to hurt you. Everybody say resist. Oh, no, that's a second beat. Be alert. Be alert. Everybody watch out. Everybody say watch out. Now, don't know, be alert. You don't need to be in fear. You just be alert. Be careful. I pulled up to the hospital. Some dudes pulled up behind me. I was at the hospital last night praying for some people that were really in need of a miracle. By the way, they got it. Thank you, Jesus. Pulled up. My daughter was with me. All of a sudden, I'm turn the car off. And every one of my spiritual hackles go up. You know what a dog when the dog's hair is standing on up on it? I just feel this. Ah, I feel this thing, and I turn around. Some people pulled in behind us. That were a little, they're a little scary. I said to my daughter, I said, get out of the car quickly and come around the front. Now she just knows. Okay, we obeying that. She asked why. I teach my kids to, to be discerning. We roll up in a place where it's dark. My kids, Dad, they say this, Dad, I don't like the way it feels here. They know what the Spirit of the Lord feels like. They know what the enemy what the enemy and his stirrings feel like. You need to be alert. Everybody say, be alert. I'm almost done. Number three, resist the devil and he will flee. Resist the devil and he will flee. Say it, resist the devil and he will. If he's not gone yet, if he's not broken off of your kids, not broken off of your home, you ain't done resisting. That's all there is to it. Because there will come a time when it will break. Just don't quit. Don't let up. Keep resisting. You'll get stronger and stronger. Lastly, walk in the Spirit. If you walk in the Spirit, says Galatians, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Now, I know I preached a long time to you. You pass it on to somebody else that's why I gave you notes Stand up on your feet all across this place Holy Spirit come come tonight plain and simple not pulling any punches or going to make it make it even I'm not I'm not even going to make it pretty I'm not going to make it pretty if you feel In some way or another, that you have been demonized or the enemy's been trying to shackle you. Or you've been struggling with something that you realize tonight is an attempt from the enemy to hurt you. And you want to get rid of it? Come to the front. Period. That's it. That is the altar call. Now here's the thing. I've learned this. That when you get really hungry and sick and tired of your stuff, you don't really care what it looks like. Somebody who's desperate and hungry and thirsty... Maybe there's things in your life that you say, man, I, I don't know, maybe. Is it possible? Who the sun sets free is free. sun sets free is free indeed we overcome the evil one by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony we overcome the evil one by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony Jesus come on worship him Jesus Jesus, Jesus, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. We come before your throne tonight. Sing Jesus. 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 Okay. Just repent for where you've fallen short. All across this place, those on the World Wide Web, those listening by podcast, repent. Just ask God to forgive you for where you stepped out, where you've done something wrong, where you might have opened one of these doors. Repent. Ask Him to forgive you. That's step number one. Come on, you gotta humble yourself right now. Repent. Forgive me, Jesus. Forgive us, oh God. Forgive us, oh God, forgive us, oh God, forgive us, forgive us, Lord. Wash it all away by your precious blood tonight. By your precious blood, forgive us, oh God. Forgive us, oh God, forgive us, oh God all the way come on some of you youth need to repent for being rebellious do it right now you don't understand that if you continue in that thing whether your parents are training you or not you got to make a choice yourself and if you choose rebellion continue to do it you can end up bound by the enemy some of you are here. You got a, an anger problem, and you continue to yield yourself to that anger problem. You could set yourself up to be bound by the enemy. Some of you lust. Some of you greed. Come on! This message needs to be preached all across America. It needs to be preached. If the enemy can keep the church defiled, then we'll never be powerful in God. Never stay addicted. Stay afflicted. Stay bound. Okay, so He can't rip off your salvation, but He can make you totally ineffective and powerless in this generation. So that when people see somebody, a believer who's still bound by alcohol or greed or lust or rage, the works of the flesh, then they say, well, what's the difference? So what, they go to church? Come on. Just repent right now all across this place. Service is almost over. We repent. God, we humble ourselves before you. Jesus. All right, now we're going to get to the expose it and renounce it part. You need to say it out loud, but I want you to say it in such a way that protects your dignity. I don't want to embarrass anybody. We ain't going to pass a microphone around and tell you, well, you need to just say it out loud. But you need to say it out loud. Truth is, most people don't want to hear what somebody else is going through in that way. They're just like, ah! But right now, you, before God, come on, how many of you can say something out loud that nobody can hear you? But you know you said it. Just quietly, you whisper it. I renounce. Bam, say it. So I, I renounce. I cut off. I disavow. I'm not going to do this anymore. Come on, right now, renounce whatever you've been struggling with. Come on, somebody getting free tonight. Renounce it. I cut that thing off. I turn my back on it tonight. Cultic activity, music dedicated to the enemy. All right now, I ask God to free you right now. Come on, ask God to free you. Come on, ask God right now, free you. All across this place. Ask God to free you. Say, God, free me. I want to be free. All right, those of you really on fire, walking with God all your heart, so am I. Here's what I'm going to pray. Lord, have I got anything on the inside of me? that's holding me back, anything that's bound, if the enemy has a hold on me in any area, Lord, I, I just repent of that. I ask You to expose it in my own mind, and my own heart, Lord, that I might repent of it. And Lord, for the things that I'm not aware of, Lord, forgive me and reveal them so that I could replace ungodly belief systems with the truth of Your Word, that I would walk free on fire and in Christ-likeness. I renounce, Lord, anything that's not of You. In the name of Jesus. Put your finger on things inside of me, Lord, that are grieving you. And then I just sort of still myself and take a look. Let them just say, is there anything, God? Come on, some of you need to do this. Don't just dismiss a message like this because you're just living for God. You ask God to reveal to you right now you got anything. Lord, reveal to me. Those of you up front, do the same thing. You might have come for something you know, but maybe there's something else in there that you know it needs to go. Let the Spirit of God put His finger on it right now. (sighs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Lord, forgive us. Now I'm going to pray for you. Here's how I'm going to do this. I just don't feel that I'm supposed to be real demonstrative and and do it like that. I'm just going to pray. My faith is at a level tonight where I'm just going to pray and God's going to free you. Period. All right, those of you in the congregation, reach your hands towards these folks right now. Reach your hands towards them. In the name of Jesus we stand. And I come against every assignment of the wicked one, defilement, and any kind of demonization that might be occurring in these lives tonight. And I command the power of the wicked one to be broken now. In the name of Jesus. Be free in Jesus' name. Be free in the name of Jesus. Lust, go. Anger, go. Addiction, go. In the name of Jesus. Free people online. A spirit of infirmity. We break your hold tonight off of people. Liberate people tonight in the name of Jesus. Come on, I want you to say be free on the count of three with all your heart. One, two, three. Be free. Do it again. One, two, three. Be free in Jesus' name. You're here, we've prayed, but you're still sensing, man, it's just, I still feel like this thing's a hitchhiking on my back. Take a step all the way to the stairs, if that's you. You don't feel like it's totally broken. Take a step all the way to the stairs. Lose your hold. Go right now. Now's the time. Don't ask me to pray later. I mean, I will. But there comes anointings. Loose in the name of Jesus. All the way up to the stairs so I know where you're at. Command you to loose your hole. Loose. Loose your hold in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, be free. In the name of Jesus, be free. Worship you Come on Micah just lead us service is almost Amen. over Come on just lead us in lead us in a song of worship right now. I just love you. Apply these principles in your life the rest of your life. Things start going strange. Pastor Colleen driving her car got cut off by this guy who gave her the finger, single finger salute. Alright? She was so angry that she prayed in that moment, God! She couldn't let it go. She got defiled by somebody doing an obscene gesture to her. She got prayer, and that anger broke. You, you got to be watch out for defilement. It can get in you, cause of bitterness, and you end up being defiled and end up being bound. Did you get something from God tonight? Did you get something from the Lord? Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God and you want to give your heart to Jesus maybe for the first time or you want to make a recommitment to Him all across this place, that's you. you. Want to give your heart to God first time or in a recommitment or you just want to be assured of your salvation. You fit of any of those three categories. You want to give your heart to Jesus for the first time, number one. Number two, you want to sell out. You want to recommit. Give all, your whole heart to Him. You're not living for Him all the way. You want to sell out for God, number two. Or number three, you just want to be assured of your salvation all across this place. Those online, if that's you, slip your hand up right now. You want to get right with God. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless. Wow. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Praise God. Anybody else? Amen. Online. God bless you. Let's all pray this prayer of repentance and ask Jesus to come into our hearts. For those of you that are here, you're living for Him all the way, just make a prayer of affirmation. Come on, right out loud and say, Dear Jesus, Thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. And be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Fill me with your spirit. Give me a hunger for your word. And fulfill my purpose in the earth. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Put your hands together for God, won't you? Come on, we serve a great God. Somebody say hallelujah tonight. Come on, give a hallelujah shout to Jesus. Woo! Awesome. Take someone by the hand as we close. So glad you turned out tonight. Praise the Lord. Let's pray for each other. Father God, thank you for what you've done tonight. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them. Be gracious to them. Keep them and give them peace. In Jesus' name. Feel free to hang out and pray and seek the Lord. God bless you. Tuesday night, Evangelist Tiff Shuttlesworth. Don't miss it. Invite everybody you know. Pack the place out. It's sure to be a tremendous display of the power of God And the the love of Jesus. Don't miss Tuesday night at 7.30. We love you. God bless you. Praise God. Hallelujah.